Here we go. Hello, I'm Lise Wilcox, and you're listening to To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. This is the place to be to find clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the show. I am so happy that you're here today. We are talking about one of my favorite things, favorite things to talk about because I think 99% of us struggle with them, and that is how to set healthy, loving boundaries. The words, not everyone has to like you, is a pretty basic platitude and life lesson that has taken some of us, (coughs) moi, a long time to learn. It's easy enough to say those words, but what are those words really saying? Well, they're saying, hey, you, guess what? There's going to be a whole bunch of people in your life that just don't like you, which for all of us recovering people pleasers out there, I see you, this kind of sucks. It kind of sucks to think that no matter how well-intentioned you are, how genuinely you show up, how accommodating of other people's needs you are, for some it just won't be enough. In fact, for a few, it will never be enough. You should go ahead and see above note, re-sucking, especially when your defense mechanism is just to do whatever it takes to keep the peace. Spoiler, this is what it is. It's almost freeing to know that for some You will just remain a constant source of disdain and stress, even when you are your most authentic self. Real talk? It's likely because you are your most authentic self. And still, this is absolutely fine. Because by standing in your truth and living your own life, you're going to piss some people off. You are going to frighten others who choose not to find the courage to just be themselves. You will disappoint a handful of others when you draw that line in the sand that says, dude, enough. I am not okay with this anymore, whatever this is for you. Healthy, loving boundaries are a beautiful thing, and establishing them is a really good thing to do. You have to know that in learning to do so, you also have to learn how to feel comfortable with feeling uncomfortable and then do it anyway. You have to do what feels right for you. You have to live the life that feels like your own. You have to make choices that honor that path. And you have to be very aware that you might lose some of the people you thought were going with you on that path. Honor yourself. Have compassion for where you're going, where they're at, and then keep going. Now, it's very easy for me to sit here and and just say that, you know, It has not been so easy for me to sit here and live it. And at the same time, it's been such a valuable lesson to learn. You are probably familiar with the fact that we keep learning the lesson until we've learned it. And sometimes we keep learning it after that just to ensure that we really learned it, like for real this time. And for me, this has been just like a staggeringly painful lesson that I keep learning over and over again. You know, sometimes I joke that I have uh, Biff Lohman syndrome. Like, I just want to be liked. I'm a nice person. 
I'm a good person. I'm a good human. I live with intention. I do what feels good. And I really do. I I don't do what feels good at the expense of the greater good. I do what feels right and true for me. And always in a way where I am conscientious of respecting the needs of the greater good. And it is relentlessly painful when I come to that moment of realization that there are some people for whom this will never be enough. You know, I, I will admit I am a recovering people pleaser. I thought I was a recovered people pleaser. And every now and then one of those opportunities, use quotes there, one of those opportunities comes along. Um, that's another word for challenge in the self-help world. One of those fantastic opportunities comes along and kind of smacks me in the face that I am not finished learning this lesson. So on the one hand, that sucks. And on the other hand, thank you for once again, an incredible opportunity to learn and to grow and ultimately to heal, which I think is really a, a huge um, trifecta of why we are here on this planet at this very moment in time. So yes, it's very easy for me to say. It has not always been easy for me to do, but I will always stand behind the importance of, of learning to do this. You know, you if you follow me on Instagram, um, at Lise Wilcox, you know that I have three little girls. And this is advice that I think I've given to my own kids for, I don't know, probably once a week, if not more than that. One of them will come home from school or even, you know, just amongst siblings and they'll tell me so-and-so says I did this or so and let's just say so-and-so thinks I'm not creative for lack of a better example. Uh, and I'll say to them, uh, are you creative? And they'll be like, yeah. And I will say, well, then it doesn't matter what so-and-so thinks and off they skip, right? Cause it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter. If you are living in alignment with your truth and doing what you feel is right, it really doesn't matter what other people think. The tricky part is to get really comfortable with, um, I guess, embracing or embodying every part of that. Because what it means is that you have to be so comfortable in living your truth that you do not need to seek validation and approval from other people. That the only approval and validation you ever, ever need comes from one person. And if you want to know who that is, all you have to do is quickly go and look in a mirror or a window somewhere and you will meet that person staring right back at you. One of the, how do I say this? One of the most fundamental things you have to learn is how to set healthy, loving boundaries. You know, knowing that the validation and approval has to come from you, you also know you still are a social person. You know, like we are social beings by our very nature. We still need to coexist and in an interdependent society. So while it might be very tempting to just back up and move to the middle of the woods and go off grid and never have to speak to another human again... For most of the population, that is neither an option nor a healthy choice. So instead, we really have to learn how to set these healthy, loving boundaries that protect um, our emotional freedom, that protect our mindset, that protect our heart, that protect our values, all the things that protect ourselves while being able to show up in these relationships. 
there are going to be people in your life with whom you have to have a relationship, even though you don't like each other. Like you can insert your own examples right there about that is a truth. It is, it is, well, I'm a, a huge fan of, um, very intentionally, very mindfully surrounding yourself with people um, who inspire you, who make you feel great, um, who make you feel seen and appreciated. I am also profoundly aware that there are going to be people in your life that do play a role in it that you are not going to get along with. And that's where the concept of boundaries uh, becomes of particular importance. You know, anytime you're meeting a new person, having great, healthy, loving boundaries is an amazing skill to have because it acts or it'll start to act as a natural filter. Like it'll start to only let people in who really deserve to be there and who you really want to be there. Um, but as I said, there are going to be other people in your life that, um, maybe you only see, for example, at Thanksgiving, or maybe, you know, you, you work with them, or maybe there is a divorce and there's an ex-partner involved. And there are all kinds of, there are all kinds of, um, examples of people who are going to be in your life, who you cannot run away from, who you do need to learn how to deal with in a way that doesn't feel like it's killing you and eating you alive from the inside out. So once again, we circle back to boundaries, how to set them and how to keep them. Um, one of my earliest points uh, that I mentioned, well, earlier, um, was that you know, especially for people pleasers, we use our people pleasing abilities as a defense mechanism. Often that tendency to keep everybody else happy stems from a place in which you were protecting yourself. Does this sound familiar at all? We sometimes learn in our early lives, in our childhood, sometimes maybe a little later on, but usually pretty early on, we learn that if we want to keep the peace, if we want to protect our own self and we want to um, kind of minimize the damage happening around us, we learn to do whatever it takes to keep other people happy. Um, if you are somebody with, you know, HSP, high, highly sensitive personality, somebody who is empathic, somebody who has a very high emotional intelligence, I'm speaking your language because when you are really tuned in to this like emotional frequency of other people, when other people are upset, it is like excruciating nails on a chalkboard emotionally, right? It feels like crap having other people upset or seeing that other people's needs aren't being met. Um, and so we learn, and when we see other people, not, it's not even seeing, when we feel that other people are upset or angry or disappointed or pissed off, when we feel that, it's even more painful. Like it's even worse for us because now as the highly emotional or highly sensitive person, not only do we see their distress, but we feel their distress. And then we feel our distress on top of that. And so we learn from a very, very, very early and very genuine place to build up this mechanism where we're just like, and I don't want to feel like that. 
it feels like somebody's cutting off my arm. So instead, in order to feel better and feel the way I want to feel, I'll just do it at what it takes to make you happy. You want me to creep around the house in silence? Like, so it's, it's as if I don't exist. Perfect. You want me to pretend that I actually love chemistry class so that I don't have to deal with how much I really love writing? Perfect. You don't have to deal with the fact that I hate soccer and I never want to play it again. What I really want to do is pursue piano. Perfect. We develop these, or like we create these layers of protection around ourselves as a defense mechanism, as a safety blanket, and as a, like a, uh, a survival tool, right? An emotional survival tool. And that becomes our own baseline of behavior. As we grow up and as we, um, you know, attract more people into our lives and get into other more adult relationships, that safety mechanism is no longer a safety mechanism. It's just the way we behave. And I think... Ah, I know men experience this for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I think, if I were to guess, more women probably experience it because we are also taught from the very beginning as girls, you know, like there's this crazy dichotomy, right? Like, oh, boys will be boys. Boys are supposed to be loud. Boys are supposed to not be able to listen. It's developmental for them to require movement. Conversely, it's developmental for girls to like develop faster and to sit and listen better and um, be more polite. And so we we already get sorted by gender very early on. And girls are told like, no, no, sit and wait your turn. Hey, it's not your turn to speak. You got to be quiet right now. And because girls developmentally, th that is easier for them in the very first few years, that also becomes baseline behavior, you know, like it's not uncommon just to watch boys wrestle um, outside in the backyard because we expect them to play like that. If girls are wrestling out in the backyard, unless you are, you know, an evolved person, that still tends to be something that is frowned upon or something that is seemed, uh, deemed as almost deviant behavior because girls are play fighting. Girls are really taught from really early on that you, you sit quietly and listen you don't speak up, you don't say something because it might hurt somebody else's feelings, and um, your job is basically just to keep the emotional peace around you. If you don't believe me, for the next 24 hours, go and observe some children and adult relationships that you, um, that you have in your life. Don't say that you're going to be looking for this, obviously, but just sit and listen to the messages that are given to girls and the messages that are given to boys unwittingly. So my long-winded point is that from a very, very early place, girls on top of everything else are very much instructed to not say what they mean and uh, at the expense of uh, hurting somebody else's feelings. So we are literally taught from almost day one to ignore how we feel because we might offend somebody else. So we'll just keep that to ourselves. So what that means is that we're effective. See how I get so upset about this. Um, we are effectively taught to ignore our own needs um, so that we can meet the, the needs of others. If you are somebody who is a mom, you'll know this comes back to bite you later, later on as you are basically just expected to attend to everybody else's, or there's a perception that you are expected to attend to everybody else's needs except your own, and yours always fall to the back burner. Um, that too becomes another safety mechanism, and that too is where boundaries come into um, to play. 
So yes, we have this learned behavior where we learn to suppress our own needs, to suppress uh, asking for what we want, and instead we are encouraged to favor um, what is easiest for everybody else and what is best for everybody else. So as a defense mechanism, as a safety mechanism, as a baseline behavior, as you get older, that becomes just ingrained into you. And you always have a choice, 100%. You always have a choice. You may not always like the choice that you have, but you always have one. Um, But you also have to consciously choose to undo that behavior and then to establish a new behavior, a new action. And all of that comes from changing your belief system. Like cue the neuro-linguistic programming coach here, folks. You have to consciously decide that you don't want to act like that anymore. And you have to consciously implement a new way of acting. And the only way you can implement a new way of acting is to go up into your brain rewire the existing belief and reprogram it to believe something new. So if the existing subconscious belief is, um, I am happy when everyone else is happy, you are immediately making your happiness and basically your sense of self-worth and your, um, sense of feeling connected and sense of feeling like you belong, you are making that conditional on something that is external to you. You know, if somebody else is happy, then I feel happy. Um, I can't feel happy or loved until somebody else does this. And that's not a healthy thing. I understand that it comes from a, a genuine place, a genuinely protective place. But at a certain point, if you don't like the way that you feel, it's up to you and you alone to change that. So when we're looking at these behaviors that, um, that we have, most of us, um, and we, we decide just to do whatever it takes to keep other people happy, we continuously put our own needs um, behind the needs of somebody else. When you're going through the process of changing that, it feels gross. Because as I said, if this has been a defense mechanism for you, your subconscious mind doesn't want to let go of that. Because the It's not even a conscious thought. The subconscious belief is that if I get rid of that way of acting, I will become so vulnerable. I am so exposed to being rejected. I am so exposed to not belonging. So our ego will do whatever it takes to keep us swathed in that protective blanket. And having the courage to remove that blanket, to remove, to go through the process of removing that mask and revealing who we truly are and asking for what we truly want, it makes us feel disgusting at the beginning because it is, it's change, which, which the brain already doesn't like. It's something, it's a brand new way of acting and behaving and believing, which the brain really is going to cause a lot of resistance to. And, um, At the same time, we are eliminating or removing all past experiences um, of our own predictable behavior and replacing them with something new. On top of that, as we dare to show up as we are and as we dare to ask for what we want and be who we are, it becomes very clear that we can no longer please everyone. And when we are 
learning that lesson of what it means to not please everyone, it means we are very much going to displease some people. We are very much going to disappoint some other people. That's really, really hard. As I said, we are social creatures. We are social beings. And we really value, like at a, at a primal, like genetic level, we value being together. We value, we need to be a part of the group because being a part of a group is what is crucial to our success. So when we open ourselves up to that kind of vulnerability in which we say like, hey, the way that you're acting, you over there, it's not okay with me anymore. When we dare to change that pattern of behavior and we no longer do whatever it takes to please other people, we are met with a stark reality that we are going to make some people mad. And now we got to deal with that on top of everything else. So how do we overcome that? Like, how do we do it? And is it worth it? Um, I say it is always worth it, even if it isn't always easy. I, I think that, you know, I'm a huge fan of manifesting. I'm a like total believer that manifesting is real, that it absolutely works, that there is so much more happening uh, in the bigger picture than we will ever see or ever know. And I choose to believe in it. And every time I believe in it, it gets better and it gets easier. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's easy all the time. There are still some growing pains that we need to go through um, as we learn those new skills and as we learn those new thoughts and we learn those new behaviors. It doesn't necessarily feel awesome all the time. So yes, it is worth it to learn how to set these boundaries, even if it does kind of suck as you're going through it. Um, But how do you do it? Well, you basically start listening to what you need. Um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I certainly have mentioned it in blog posts uh, at leasewilcox.ca and definitely on daily Instagram posts uh, for at leasewilcox. I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, we are all quote unquote adults here. Um, I'm pretty sure that we never truly grow up. I'm pretty sure we stay children. We just wear more adult clothes and it's like they give us mortgages and grocery lists and it's up to us. It's up to us to figure it out. Basically, I think adulthood is one giant game of playing or uh, one giant round of of playing house. Um, And I'm really, really positive that we each stay children. So there's this concept of inner child. And we can start to honor what our inner child needs because it's usually our inner child who is at least even partially responsible for driving our behavior. So the first step in establishing healthy, loving boundaries is talking to your inner child the way you would talk to any child and really be very mindful of like, how are you doing? What do you need? What would you love right now? What do you want to eat? What do you want to do? Like, what do you... This is way too many questions. I would never ask my kids. <laughs> I would never ask my kids this in this way, but you get the idea. Be very um, mindful and respectful of your inner child's needs. And if you if you let yourself get very quiet and listen, you will get an answer. It might not be like a voice in your head, but it, it's going to be some kind of feeling or some kind of guidance telling you what you need to do. You know, our intuition is incredibly powerful, again, especially as a woman. It is 
It is massive power that when we have the courage to tune, like usually what we're taught to do is tune out our intuition and listen to everybody else. You got to reverse it and get back into your like state of grace where you tune everyone else out and you only listen to your intuition. That's when like life gets so real and so genuine when you learn um, how to trust listening to yourself because you have everything you need inside you already. It's just a matter of learning to, uh, to listen to it and to trust it. Uh, but yeah, so to, the, to start getting clear on setting healthy, loving boundaries, you need to ask yourself what it is that you really need and what would feel good for you, what would bring you more joy, what would make you feel like you're living in alignment with your truth. Because I got to tell you, when you try to meet, meet everybody else's expectations and you try to make everybody else happy, you will fail. That's not like a, oh, you could fail. No, it's like straight up, you're going to fail. There is going to come a point where you, you realize you just cannot be everything to everyone, um, unless you're tacos, but that's a totally different situation. Um, you really have to do what is the right choice for you. Now, that does not give you an excuse to be an asshole. I feel like if you, if your authentic self is to be an asshole, this is probably not the right podcast for you, but that's just my opinion. Sometimes there's the misnomer that like doing what is right and true for you just gives you an excuse to um, never work on your stuff and never grow and never evolve. And I think that is wrong. I think that's a really easy cop out. Being the true you, your, your true self, your authentic self, what that really means is learning yourself and, you know, getting to this point of self-actualizing and self-mastering and like learning what it is that lights you up and learning what it is you are supposed to be here doing. Um, and sometimes our purpose is very big and grandiose and sometimes it's really simple. I think for most of us, our purpose is honestly just to love. And that can take so many different shapes and so many different forms um, with its own unique set of lessons and trials that we experience on the way to getting there. Um, but yeah, when you are really true to what you need and what really makes you happy, that's when you start to learn how to set boundaries. Um, because when someone or something does not align with those values that you hold so dearly in honoring your true purpose, there isn't any room for that in your life. You become so much less concerned with like this fear of judgment, this perceived fear of judgment. Like, oh, if I do this or say this, I'm starting to strategize emotionally how they're going to react and respond. But when you're very clear on your truth and what is the right thing for you, that starts to matter less. I wish it was an overnight thing. I wish you could just declare it like I'm actually over what everybody else thinks. I'm over trying to make everybody else happy. Um, I wish that was an overnight thing. Maybe for you it is. For me, that has not been overnight. That has been um, many years, and it is something that I am still learning. I will say it gets a lot easier with practice, a lot easier with practice. And, you know, making new relationships um, gets so much easier because when you're really clear on what your values are and what is really important to you and what makes you feel like yourself, like you have so much less room for anybody else in your life who doesn't align with that, right? Who doesn't support that vision of yourself and of your life. And again, the reality is that there are going to be people from your past that are, are still going with you along that path. Um, 
even if they're people you wish were not going with you on that path. Sometimes there are people in our lives, as I mentioned, that you just have to learn how to deal with. So being very, very, very clear on what your values are and what, um, what is really important to you and how to follow through on them and knowing, knowing that as long as it meets your expectations, it doesn't matter who, uh, who, uh, I can't say this. Um, it doesn't matter whose expectations you're not meeting, right? Because as I keep repeating, when you are honoring your needs, that is paramount to your success. And when you are more aware that you're not going to act in certain ways just to please other people, but rather you were going to act only in ways to please yourself and to make sure that that's not in a narcissistic way either, just that you were making decisions that serve you, your purpose in support of the greater good. That is so much different from like, well, I don't really want to do this, but I know it'll keep him quiet or he'll stop sending me nasty texts. So I'll just concede and I'll agree to it. Or, you know, I have to visit my parents at Thanksgiving and I really don't want to do it, but I know they expect me to. So I guess I'll put off all my other plans. No, no. You need to be very clear on what feels good for you and only you. Um, if you are, if you have your own family, you start to become so much more aware of what is good for you and your family versus what is expected of you by other people in your family. That is a, like a beginner crash course on setting boundaries. Um, but it's crucial. It's crucial that you do so. If that's something you want to talk more specifically on one-on-one, you know, send me a message, drop me a note, um, send me an email, hit me up on Instagram. Um, and we can talk about one-on-one coaching because this is a very, very valuable life skill to learn, especially to have somebody coaching you through the process of how to, how to really stomach essentially how to stomach, um, that feeling of discomfort as you're just learning to show up as a new you. Cause when you start to, when you start to show up as your full self and you start to lay down those, lay down those boundaries, particularly with people from your past who have come to expect a certain like passive behavior from you, they're going to get mad and they're, they're not going to like it because all of a sudden you've changed the game. You've changed the rules by showing up in a brand new way. Right. And you know, I'm an empathetic, empathetic person. I can almost understand where they're coming from that suddenly they're not being catered to anymore. Their needs aren't being met at the expense of all else anymore. Yeah, they're going to be pissed off. So it can be really beneficial to have somebody who is like right there with you, kind of mapping it out step by step, what it looks like for you specifically and supporting you through that process. But the overarching statement is that, no, you you don't need everybody to like you. And in fact, a lot of people aren't going to like you because the more real you get, the, the paradoxical truth is that the more real you get, the more honest and genuine you become, the smaller and richer your circle becomes. You start to move away from this need of having like 56 friends, none of whom are really your friends. Um, They're just kind of people you know in a playful way. You start to move towards having, you know, maybe one, two, or like possibly three genuine, really unconditional friendships in your life. Your circle gets smaller and it gets so much richer and it's so worth it. Even if you have to fight through the growing pains to get there. Think about this, digest this, let it sit 
in your brain for a few days as you as you figure out what it means to you and what your take-home message is. And as I said, feel free to reach out to me one-on-one if you want to explore on a deeper level what it looks like for you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening, for taking the time to, um, to listen to this today and to share this space with me. And I, I really want what is best for you, man. And I really hope that you get some messages, some actionable messages from this to really make your life your own simply, simply by learning how to set your own boundaries. Have a great day.